Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, we're back, everybody. This is episode 149. Today's 2 August. Uh, nine stories tonight. A couple from Finland. Uh, an Army story. Navy story. Some China-Russia stuff. Uh, we'll get started with the Defense Security Cooperation Agency. There are two foreign military cells. Uh, one from Romania and the second one from Finland. We'll start with Romania. Romania assault amphibious vehicle from 31 July. Government of Romania has requested to buy, actually, they want to buy 19 assault amphibious vehicles, 19 of them. Wait a minute, 16, 3, I can't even count. 16 plus 3 plus 2 is 21. So 21 amphib- uh, assault amphibious vehicles, and here's how they want them broke down. They want 16 assault amphibious vehicles personnel variant, AAVP71A1. Then they want three amphibious assault amphibious vehicles command variant, AAVC7A1. And then they want two assault amphibious recovery variants. So 16 plus three plus two is 21. I'll read that again. 16 assault amphibious personnel variant, three assault amphibious vehicle command variant, and two assault amphibious vehicle recovery variant. In addition, they want 16 50 caliber machine guns. They want 5762 M240 Bravo machine guns. They want, let's see, Mark 19 grenade launchers, M36 E1 thermal siding system, plus support equipment, including uh, training and classified technical manuals, blah, 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 the normal stuff. Total estimated cost is $120.5 million. The proposed sale will improve Romania's capability to meet current and future threats by modernizing and ensuring Romania's continued expeditionary capability to counter regional threats. Principal contractor has not been determined for this sale. Let me pause it right there. Pull up the next one. Okay, the next one is from Finland. This is from 1 August. Finland M270A2 multiple launch rocket system upgrade. Uh, from 1 August, the government of Finland is requested to buy M270A2 upgrade for its M72A1 multiple launch rocket systems. The upgrade will include intercom systems, radio communication mounts, machine gun mounts, battle management system vehicle integration kit, plus pubs, spare parts, services, and sport equipment. Estimated total cost is $395 million. The proposed sale will improve Finland's capability to meet current and future threats and will enhance interoperability with U.S. and Allied forces. Principal contractors are Lockheed Martin, Grand Prairie, Texas, uh, Chelton, Inc., Marlowe, United Kingdom, Leonardo DRS, Arlington, Virginia, and Lock Performance Products, Plymouth, Michigan. And that's it for the two foreign military cells, Romania, assault amphibious vehicles in Finland, Upgrade to uh, MLRS, MLRS. And while we're on Finland, we'll go to another Finland story. Uh, this is from 2 August today. 
uh, breaking defense, Seth Fransman, Israel says U.S. has given green light to send David Sling to Finland. Uh, the United States has approved the sale of David Sling, the air defense system jointly developed by Israel and the United States to Finland, according to the Israeli military, clearing the last, last likely diplomatic uh, hurdle for the $345 million deal. The Finnish government approved the purchase of the air defense system in April, the day after it officially joined NATO, and the deal's completion had been eagerly awaited. The Israeli Ministry of Defense said the system intercepts advanced threats, including ballistic missiles, cruise missiles, drones, and more. The system has been operational in Israel since 2017. The Finnish version of the system will be jointly developed by Israel and U.S. industries led by Rafael Advanced Systems and American Raytheon. In partnership with Finnish Industries, each contributing to specific tasks. Uh, the system will be integrated in Finland's command and control systems. That's end of story. So how much is that thing worth? $345 million. So that's the second Finland story. Uh, while we're on Israel, let me find it. Uh, there's really not in too much order. Here we go. Israel, this is from Seth Fransman, also breaking defense from 1 August. Israel buys tens of thousands of 155-millimeter shells as global demand jumps. And we've, if you listen to the show, we've talked about this, I don't know, a thousand times, that the, the biggest story of 2022 and maybe 2023 was 155-millimeter one, <clears throat> artillery rounds. And it always continues to make the news. So here's another story. Uh, Israel Ministry of Defense is procuring $60 million worth of 155-millimeter artillery shells in a deal meant to shore up Jerusalem's access to shells that had proved crucial in the fight in Ukraine. The deal with Israel's Elbit Systems was announced on 31 July and comes months after the United States reportedly removed 300,000 155-millimeter shells from stocks in Israel to give to Kiev. Stocks that are owned by the United States but positioned in Israel and can be accessed by Israel military in case of emergencies. According to a statement from Ministry, the Director of Production and Procurement signed a new agreement with Elbit Systems to procure tens of thousands of 155mm artillery shells for use in the Israeli Defense Forces Artillery Corps. Uh, the agreement is valued over $60 million. Their delivery begins next year. Uh, Ukraine has been plowing through stores of 155mm, firing thousands of shells a day. And like Israel, the United States has made serious investments ramping up 155mm ammunition production. End of story. So there you go. Another story about 155mm. Uh, moving on, we've got, another, we've got another artillery story. This one from Defense News, Jen Judson, 1 August. U.S. Army readies new artillery strategy spurred by war in Ukraine. The uh, United States Army is working on a new conventional fire strategy expected by the end of the year. This is according to General James Rainey, who is the AFC Army Futures Command Commanding General. If you listen to the show, you know we're always talking about him. And of course, his counterpart and the acquisition side, the Honorable Doug Bush. So this is another story about General Rainey and AFC, Army Futures Command. Here's a quote from General Rainey. We did a very deliberate strategic fire study that interpins the long-range precision fire efforts. Uh, General Rainey said this to the Defense News an exclusive interview on 27 July. 
Here's another quote. We're doing some of the same thing now for conventional fires. Added that precision fires are critical, but conventional fires are critical also. Rainey said the time has come for analysis that can inform the artillery strategy based upon what's happening in Ukraine, as well as what the U.S. Army Pacific needs in terms of conventional fires. Indeed, the Army has sent large amounts of artillery to aid Ukraine in its fight against Russia, including at least 198 155mm howitzers, 72 105mm howitzers, several million artillery rounds, and 38 HIMARS systems. According, that's, that's according to a 25 July fact sheet from the Pentagon, which, of course, you can find yourself if you want. Uh, back to the article. The strategy will determine both capability and capacity of what exists and what the Army needs. Rainey said, the strategy will also consider new technology to enhance conventional fires on the battlefield, such as advances in propellant that make it possible for mid-range cannons to shoot as far as longer-range systems. Robotics is another area that will influence the strategy, such as autoloaders for munitions. The Army has, experienced with, has experimented with autoloaders for artillery, as well as ways to improve howitzer firing rates overall. The Army is currently developing an extended-range cannon artillery system, also known as IRCA, that uses a service-developed 58-caliber gun tube mounted on chassis of a BAE-made Paladin. The Army is building 20 po- t- prototypes of the IRCA system, two for de- destructive testing, and the remaining 18 for a battalion set to receive the weapons by the fourth quarter of FY23, which is August, September. We're in fourth quarter. Uh, that unit will then run the cannons through a year-long operational test. I'm writing that down. I wonder what unit they're choosing for that. Observations and early testing of prototypes are showing excessive wear on the gun tube after firing a relatively no, low number of rounds. The Army plans to gather more information throughout operational tests to determine reliability. Uh, IRCA's role in the strategy remains to be seen, but the prototype program is experiencing some delay, according to Doug Bush, the program's acquisition, uh, the services acquisition chief. There's Doug Bush. So if the program is on delay, question is, will they make fourth quarter of 23 for this 20 prototypes? My guess is no, but who knows? Uh, even so, that here's uh, General Rainey. Even so, so let me get back to this because I kind of interrupted the, the flow of the article. So IRCA's role in the strategy remains to be seen, but the prototype program is experiencing some delay, according to Doug Bush, the acquisition chief. And here's Rainey with, even so, the requirement for extended range fires is absolutely a valid requirement. And this gets back to what we were talking about last week, last week, last episode with the IVAS, right? Sometimes you have a really good requirement, like the IVAS is probably a good requirement, something that's needed it's going to fill a gap, just like this IRCA requirement. But maybe technology is not there. Technology is not ready. So the material solution, material with an E, might not be ready, mature. But that doesn't mean the requirement's bad, right? So sometimes you've got to put the requirement on the shelf until mature, um, technology matures. And sometimes you have a good requirement and there's no money. There's no funding for it. So it doesn't mean the requirement's bad. It just means there's no funding. So you put the requirement on the shelf until you get money and then pull the requirement out. So anyway, that's what General Rainey's saying here. The, the requirement for extended range fires is absolutely valid. Moving on. Uh, the Army's previously, previously planned for a strategic long-range cannon 
that could achieve artillery ranges of 1,000 nautical miles, but scuttled the S&T program in 2022. We talked about that. The service also took a look at readily available 155-millimeter mobile howitzers in 2020 in order to find anything that might offer an improvement in range, rate of fire, and mobility over the artillery systems used within striker brigade combat teams. The Army evaluated at least four foreign companies' offerings in a shoot-off, but did not move forward with the capability. Yeah, that's end of story. I thought there was some stuff. Yes. So let me, I think one of those systems they looked at uh, in that last paragraph was the Elbit Atmos system. Um, I think they, it's supposed to be able to keep up with the striker brigades. I think the strikers use M777. Don't quote me on that. So I think the striker brigades, which is kind of a medium brigade, there are how many in the army? Striker brigades. There are eight. There are six active striker brigades, and there's two in the National Guard. I think they use M triple sevens. Moving on. That's it for artillery. We'll go to China. Let me find this China story. Uh, let me hit pause and pull it up. You know what? While I'm domestic, I'll stay domestic. We're going to do a domestic story on the Navy. Huntington Ingalls Bath to build nine destroyers total in a new multi-year deal. The Navy will not say the price. This is from Justin Katz. And this is breaking defense also. So 1 August today, uh, yesterday, the Navy awarded Huntington Ingalls and General Dynamics Bath Ironworks separate multi-year procurement contracts to build nine Arleigh Burke class destroyers between them. This is according to Pentagon Daily Announcements, though the service withheld the contract's price tags. Huntington Ingalls' contract includes officers for six ships, while the Bath, General Dynamics Bath, will build at least three. The Pentagon statement does not disclose the value of either company's contract because the Navy says it's reserving the right to hold competition between the two firms for any additional vessels, and therefore contract values are considered source selection sensitive information. The multi-year procurement contracts will run from 23 to 27, the service added. Uh, Arleigh Burke class destroyers are the backbone of the surface fleet and one of the most successful shipbuilding programs in the history of the Navy. And that's, of course, from Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro. We seem to talk about him a lot lately. In the same statement, uh, Jay Stephanie, the Navy's acting acquisition executive, Jay Stephanie, he is like the uh, he's like the Doug Bush of the Navy, I guess. Uh, he added that the Navy saved $830 million by purchasing the ships up front through a multi-year contract rather than negotiating individual deals for each vessel. Uh, Rear Admiral Thomas Anderson, the PEO officer for ships, told reporters the Pentagon on Wednesday, told reporters at the Pentagon on Wednesday, the service does not currently plan to release the dollar value associated with the new contracts. The Arleigh, a little bit about the destroyers here, the Arleigh Burke Class destroyers are the workhorses of the Navy's current surface fleet with the latest iterations of the Flight 2 Alpha and Flight 3 having been kitted out with the the best technologies the industry can offer the service. A little bit the lawmakers here. While lawmakers are usually upbeat about military contract announcements that boost jobs back home, the service is sure to attract pressure from Capitol Hill about how many destroyers it ultimately chooses to build. Lawmakers have opened the pathways legally for the Navy to purchase up to 15 ships 
in this multi-year procurement contract. However, both Navy leadership and officials from the Office of Secretary of Defense have expressed skepticism that the industry can cope with the workload necessary to produce them at a target rate at three ships a year. And getting back to the er earlier part of the article, procurement contracts run from 23 to 27, and that's to buy nine destroyers. Can the uh, the Navy field nine destroyers in the next four years if they can build three a year? I guess they can. I guess we'll see. Uh, Did that Navy. So now, now we'll go to China if I can find it. We got a China story, or a Russia story, and then we'll do a peace talk story about Ukraine. Uh, here we go. China. This is from Breaking Defense. What am I doing on time? Oh, this will be a, this will be a quick episode. So, Breaking Defense, China, UAE, United Arab Emirates to hold first ever joint military drill. Likely a message to U.S. analysts say, uh, to August today, Agnes Halu. Chinese Armed Forces will hold the first ever military drills with the United Arab Emirates in China this month. They're calling this thing Falcon Shield, Falcon Shield 23, which will feature joint Air Force training for the two countries, will take place in northwest China, according to the Chinese Ministry of Defense. They said this on Monday. Uh, According to the annual plan and consensus reached by China and UAE, the statement added that the training aims to deepen pragmatic exchanges and cooperation between the two militaries and enhance mutual understanding and trust, though it provided a few details about the exercise's scope. The UA Ministry of Defense did not respond to breaking defense requests for comment at publication. Uh, Whether this is a signal to Washington or not, UAE's defense reapproachment Reproachment to China has been evident, not not least at defense shows in the Gulf nation where Chinese firms have participated heavily with their defense platforms, but also with research and development of defense systems co-developed by the two countries. At UMEX 2022, UAE's unmanned system exhibition and conference, the Gulf state signed an agreement to procure 12 L-5 trainer jets from China's National Air, Air Technology Import and Export Corporation, with the possibility of increasing the quantity to 36. They have this expert here, Mohammed Baroon. From his point of view, uh, he said the drills are part of UAE's strategic partnership with China. UAE has bought defense equipment and shares global threats with China. This is the reason why the two countries conduct, will conduct exercises. He said that uh, noting this UAE recently conducted drills with India and South Korea. It's just a confidence-building measure. It's really, he basically downplayed the, uh, the significance of it. That's China and UAE. And while we're talking about exercises, we'll go to this Russian exercises in the Baltics. And this is from Defense News from 2 August from AP. Russia launches live Baltic naval drills on Europe's doorstep. Russian Ministry of Defense said it be, will begin a live naval exercises on the Baltic Sea on Wednesday, which is today, ratcheting up tensions with nearby European nations that are already high over NATO and Ukraine. Russia carried out a mass military exercise in the Baltic Sea in June, two months after Finland became NATO's newest member. The drill took place in the same, the same time NATO was holding their own Baltic Sea exercises. 
Uh, Russian exercises that were announced on Wednesday today will involve more personnel and aircraft than the last round and will feature the use of live weapons. They're calling this thing Ocean Shield 2023. The Ocean Shield 2023 exercise will involve forces practicing how to protect sea lanes, transport troops and military cargo, as well as defend the coastline, the Russian ministry said. More than 200 combat exercises will involve 6,000 personnel, 30 warships and boats, and 30 aircraft, it added. Uh, end of statement. Or end of article. All right, what do we got left? I think about one more. 20 minutes. Man, this is going to be a quick episode. And normally I don't get into the, eh, might as well do it. I thought this is very interesting. This is from, I think it's from Politico. Uh, from 31 July, Russia will monitor Saudi-hosted Ukraine peace talks. Did you guys see this? I guess there was some peace, co- peace talks in Denmark. Peace talks. Uh, I don't think Russia and Ukraine were talking, but I think Ukraine is getting other nations together to kind of lay out what they want. And now they're doing it in Saudi Arabia. So Russia will monitor Saudi-hosted Ukraine peace talks from Claudia Chippa, 31 July, a couple days ago. Russia said Monday, like a couple days ago Monday, it will closely follow talks on Ukraine set to take place in Saudi Arabia early next month, which means within the next few days, actually. Uh, Saudi Arabia is planning to host peace talks, including Ukraine, Western nations, and selected major developing countries in August. This is reported by the Wall Street Journal on Saturday. Uh, Russia was not invited to the talks, but the Kremlin spokesperson said, uh, Peskov said Moscow will follow this meeting. That's a quote. It remains to be fully understood what the goals are set and what, in fact, organizers plan to talk about, said Peskov, adding that any attempts to promote a peaceful settlement are worthy of positive assessment. The upcoming Saudi-hosted talks, which could bring together officials from up to 30 countries, are set to take place in Jeddah on August 5th and 6th, which is uh, third is tomorrow, Thursday, Friday is the fourth, so Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the United Kingdom, South Africa, Poland, and the EU have all confirmed, confirmed attendance, and U.S. National Security Advisor Sullivan is expected to attend. The Wall Street Journal said India and Brazil have also been invited. Earlier this summer, leaders and senior officials from more than a dozen countries gathered in Copenhagen to discuss a possible peace plan for Ukraine. I didn't know that. So not only... They did something earlier this summer in Copenhagen, but they're going to do something now in Jeddah. Uh, but some major developing countries are still hesitant to con- condemn the war, as evident during last month's EU summit with Latin American leaders. Western, Dem- Dem- uh, Western diplomats reportedly said that Saudi Arabia was picked to host this round of talks, partly in hopes of persuading China, which has close ties to Saudi Arabia, to participate. Unknown if China will participate. And that's end of story. All right. I think I got time for one more. Uh, this is from Defense Post. Enderbish, 2 August today. Uh, Poland launches HIMARS Brigade and Academy. Uh, Polish Defense Minister launched a rocket artillery brigade last week featuring HIMARS systems. I think what they mean by that is uh, maybe as a play on words, they launched a rocket brigade. Uh, they, they built a brand new unit, a rocket artillery brigade. 
Uh, it's called the First Rocket Brigade. It will be stationed 120 kilometers or 74 miles from the Belarus border. Poland disbanded its last rocket artillery unit in 2005. That unit featured Soviet area Tochka rockets with a range of 70K, which is less than a fourth of HIMARS. They also established, Poland also established a HIMARS Academy to provide training logistics support for the Lockheed Martin HIMARS system. Here's a quote from the defense minister. Today we established the HIMARS Academy modeled on the Abrams Academy. And if you follow the program, you know we talked about this probably, I think it was last year, that uh, Poland's buying a lot of M1 tanks and the U.S. Army started an M1 training academy in Poland to train uh, tankers from the Polish Army on how to use the M- M1. It looks like they're taking the same approach for HIMARS. So they have a M1 Abrams Tank Academy, and now they have a HIMARS Academy. Uh, here's a nice quote. I'm confident that together with our American partners, we will train more HIMARS crews so that both will both are ready in our country, those HIMARS and that they will be equipped with the Polish Army and operated by soldiers that trained at the highest level. Polish Poland bought 20 HIMARS launchers from the United States for $414 million in 2019, and they received their first batch of launchers in May. So they bought them in 2019. It took three years to get five launchers in May. In June of this year, uh, the country sent a request to the United States to acquire 500 more launchers to support its military modernization effort. Poland is seeking joint production of HIMARS launchers and rockets after receiving approval from the sale from the United States Congress. So 500 more launchers for Poland. And they have a nice academy. And that's it. I think that's all I got time for. 25 minutes. We'll make it a short episode today. We got how many stories? Out of, we got 10 stories in 25 minutes. This is probably our quickest episode. When we first started the podcast, everything was supposed to be 30 minutes or less. And then we kept doing longer and longer episodes, creeping in on an hour. So I had to change it to 45 minutes or less. But today we're under 30 minutes. So short episode. Uh, episode 149 is in the books. Thank you very much for listening and good night.